Hello and welcome back to Parallel Barking, everyone. I am Ariana Backer here with Larry Backer. Woof woof. Bark bark. Well, actually, we shouldn't be woofing and barking. We should be mechano bark. Mechano bark. Uh, uh, well, if it all goes as planned, it will be as lifelike as right. We but are. we're not. But we're not here. We're we're going to we're doing an episode of Blade Runner. <laughs> For those of you who are old enough to know what that movie is, or wait a minute, this is a cult classic. <laughs> yeah, so, or cool enough, let's say, are cool enough to have seen that movie. Yes, we're anyway. all going to be run. We're all, all going to be overrun by cyborgs, thinking machines, and at the end of the day. I'll be back. Okay, you're giving it away. Sorry, well, I mean, well, that's, that's it's very exciting. It is very, very exciting. Or very, so all very you scary. humans, all you humans, beware. All you humans. I mean, depending on how you look at it. All right, I introduce mean, the subject. As the AR market has been expanding, of course, people have been talking more and more about this concept of AI singularity. That's because they're not busy enough. And AI singularity, what is this? AI singularity is this concept. It's an event where after AIs become either self-aware or reach the ability of improvement beyond our control and rapidly transform society. We lose control. And by we, is, I don't mean me. That is the biggest biggest um i mean and the interesting thing is um this is uh these are the scary stories that old tech people tell young tech people in order to make them uh be wary about their coding and their the the transposition of this human mania from the late 20th century towards self-actualization to then encode this kind of bizarre mania into the uh, programs, the self-referencing and self-learning programs that they're building. But I'm being judgmental. Okay. All right. And which I won't be able to do after the singularity. So I got to get it in. You got to get it out. I mean, while you still can. All right. So you're an adherent of the singularity theory. Why? I mean, I don't know what I am yet. I, I'm an observer. Well, the machines will tell you. I'm an observer. You wait a while. <laughs> But what is interesting is that it has all been conjecture up to this point. Nobody's really been able to decide when this point of singularity is and what it means. And actually, don't even agree what the term artificial general intelligence means. Which is why these are the kind of fairy tale stories that we use. We don't talk about goblins and we people and all kinds of other <clears throat> creatures that roam the night and the glades because we don't have them anymore. Uh, and so now we have our new dark forest of the unknown, which is these self-actualizing machines. Okay. So, <clears throat> the, okay. One, the one interesting thing that happened recently is that some AI researchers found a metric 
that they are using to define a timeline for when we will reach or our society will reach AI singularity. And it's right. based on language. It's based on right. Right. And it, language. It, right. It's despite my mocking, this is actually very interesting for a for a number of reasons. Um and, and I just want to jump into them just very quickly and then then we can go back to all of this. The first is that it's not machines that are telling us uh, when they're going to be self-actualized, it's still a very human project. The humans are the ones who are debating among themselves when this occurs, and that the function of this occurrence is tied to control by humans of the machine. So it's 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 an extraordinarily human-centric conception grounded in the autonomy of non-humans, but grounded in the uh, the continued ability of humans both to enslave, uh, and now we're using this term uh, cybernetically, I guess, uh, to control, I think is the, the, the language that you use, those uh, sorts of coded um, uh, instructions uh, through which we use machines to leverage human capacity uh, in a variety of different ways. Uh, and it's very interesting in the sense that what it does is project out this fear of lo loss of control from the human to the non-human, yeah. which is a, for a forward-facing way of dealing with something that 600 years ago would have been a backwards-facing thing. That is, pre-Renaissance, the notion that humanity is subject to the control of other self-actualizing forces, nature, the weather, uh, spirits, right? And so this is an old reflex. We used to look at it going back to the, the forces of nature around us. Now we're looking at it forward. It's the same kind of pixie, evil, uh, uncontrolled thing, but now uh, in, in our extraordinary hubris, it is a creature of our own creating. And, and for those of you who read the Bible, of course, uh, assuming that there is a God who, who actually uh, is correctly depicted in this thing, uh, that entity must be laughing uh, because it resonates so much. It, it, humans are so funny in the sense that they forget what they've done before. Maybe that's why we need machines. Uh, but this is an old story, right? But it used sure. to be the divine, right? God making humans in their own image and then freaking out when having eaten the tree of, from the tree of uh, knowledge, uh, he then freaks out, or God freaks out, it doesn't have a gender, uh, about them being able to eat the tree of life and then becoming like him uh, and then being able to, to potentially displace him. Uh, this whole notion of singularity is, is an extraordinary uh, bit of arrogance in the sense that, one, they reconstruct their product as the equivalent of making humanity in the, this godscape. Yeah. Is that somehow this thing will then not only be so perfected as an image of us that it will become a better version of us and then will disappear, which I think is very interesting from a discursive perspective, but it tells us much less about the technology of AI than it tells us about uh, the modern expression of really ancient, primal human selfishness and self-centeredness 
and human fear in that context and, and always fear of the unknown. In this case, uh, with a little bit of hubris, it's fear of the unknown by our own hand. Well, and it's also taking shape in the form of movements like anti-humanists and transhumanists, anti-humanists are, you know, it's a it's a group that is kind of looking forward to the takeover of Oh yay. <laughs> the the robots and humans dying. And I think it's mostly because of um the damage that humanity has done to environmentally to in in their view exactly in their exactly view. Right, right and these are all now recall that this is also you know and my job here today apparently is to remind us that there is nothing new under the sun and that these are uh ancient uh human reactions certainly collective human reactions in the face of fear and the unknown we had a name for this when the evil singularity because there, this is the second singularity in the, the last 200 years uh, that we worried about. And this was a singularity that was going to be brought about at the apex of industrialization. And in that singularity, what was what was going to happen was that in that in that context, this is the 19th century, early 20th century, that dumb machines would effectively make human surplus. There's nothing for them to do. Right. And so and there were groups of people in the 19th century, Luddites, right, whose idea was not not like these people who want, oh, yay, we're all going to die. Uh, oh, no, a, we're getting about that. this. This is Carnosaur. And I, I, at some point before we end, I've got to talk about the plot of Carnosaur. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's the most obnoxious, okay, but it's yeah. relevant movie. But anyway. So the Luddites said, OK, so we need to prevent this. And the only way we can do that is by destroying machines. Um, you could have gone the other way and said, oh, no, that what we must do is hasten this singularity by creating so many machines that we become completely irrelevant. Um, one strain of that uh, shows up in Marxist-Leninist theory as the notion that, in fact, if machines can do all of this, then the notion of the exploitation of labor becomes irrelevant and you're one step closer to the establishment of a communist society. So what you want is this world of machines and other things that make human labor and worry about material goods. Uh, you want to make that irrelevant. Right. And so you see both of these things. On the other hand, you have people say, oh, no, 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 because what we're doing is creating Satan on Earth. Again, this is a force of evil for those who don't believe in Satan. There's a metaphor. Um, right. And that indeed what we must do is um, either to worship it and see ourselves finally dead or to destroy it. And so and we're winding again, we're winding up doing, in, in a sense, the, the same thing here uh, with and again, with creatures or with things, instruments of our own make. Yeah. I mean, is is it is the debate more about singularity or is it more about the pervasiveness of AI in society now and people are worried about? Well, well why are you worried about AI? I've, I've always been curious about people worrying about ridiculous things or actually worrying about important things, but in ridiculous ways, uh, because there, there's this huge disjunction between uh, their analytics 
and the object of analysis. And this is one of those areas where people with uh, no knowledge of what they of, of what they're facing, but with a huge uh, social and cultural warehouse full of uh, basically uh, well-worn reaction discourses, just pull one out and say, oh, this one looks like it's pretty good. And yeah, I mean, there's a it. big jump, really. I, I think there's, there's it's, it it's has to do with, you know, pre-held schemas that you develop over years of yeah. your now, experiences. Now, but, right. but here, let me give you an example. Okay. This, this folds into your carnosaur theme. You can, you can talk about it. Y'all have to watch a movie. You'll hate me for it, but it's a great movie. A bit. Okay. It's a bad, it's a bad, bad, great movie. The, so why people are freaking out is because they they believe they're not busy enough that superhuman algorithms could kill everyone literally oh i see everyone. i see death right Into and it's time. either it's either the death of your soul or a physical death or some kind of enslavement again we go back to terminator we've got all of these in the old days we had what was it metropolis in the early 20th century we these tropes are just so well Well, let me give you the why industrial and modern society all right go ahead okay it's it and these are oxford researchers oh my god well oh (laughs) i'm sorry this is this is another singularity and now i'm on my knees (laughs) I knew that would push your button. <laughs> oh. And you did. And you see, but anyway, so it's, it's okay. from some, some algorithmically developed high rank hey, institution. You know what? The I'm ranking of which magically I'm, then descends on its factors. I'm going right. to continue. The warning of the danger you're a naughty, of artificial naughty, naughty intelligence. <laughs> surpassing yeah. human power and meaning their power for, yes exactly <laughs> the scientists are calling for regulation to protect oh, of course they are. society protect society from advanced algorithms in. yay i knew but, there was no, a no, job no. for me but this the reason is because advanced i'll regulate them they can they can work game theory okay and and that oh, that is a step ahead Oh my God, that's the intellectual flavor of the last generation. Uh, that's always, it's like the game stopper. Oh, let me do game theoretical blah, blah. It's like a colon and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can use all kinds of game theory. You can use all kinds of theories. Uh, that's, uh, But it doesn't necessarily mean that what you're doing is either relevant or particularly useful or even better interesting, other than the interest that one generates from your use of jargon. Yeah. This is like when people talk about Marxism and then you ask them they haven't read Marx. Oh, wow. Okay. But you do know how to sling that term game theory around and you've written a couple articles that may or may not suggest a deep understanding of it, especially when you're trying to transpose it into an environment, right? An analytical environment that's very different. Now, having said that, I haven't read or or listened to their their um, the, the protests. But I can understand, and, and and again, we go back to where I started, which is this is really about humans, not about the algorithms. What they're really exactly. telling you in a way, if you work through this, is not that the machines or the algorithms will enslave you or get rid of you, but it is that the people who are managing these things, both in terms of coding and in terms of convincing everyone that whatever spews out of this self-actualizing machine is 
worthy of not only legitimacy, but the exercise of coercive power, right? Uh, that those are the people that will then produce a singularity. So if that's the case, what are we really worried about? Are we worried about the AI? Or are we worried about the priestly caste coders and people who bamboozle everyone else into believing that this self-actualized AI is God, right? Uh, and therefore will then deploy whatever police or coercive forces to make good on whatever spews out of these uh, these algorithmically generated uh, devices. It's humans. It's humans. It's humans in hubris. It's humans. And well, that's what's the hubris. most interesting thing of all. Hubris? Hubris? So, uh, humans, 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 humans. Uh-huh. Right. So humans are coding this. Um, <clears throat> the machine learns from, if, if you think about the uh, the program that's now making academics uh, shake in their boots or uh, also demand regulation, because of course, in the face of, in the face of uh, risk, uh, and in the face of the unknown, everyone's first resort, certainly since 1945, has been to run off to the lawyers or to the politicians and beg for regulation. Let's regulate this thing. We don't know what it is, That's and we don't the first really thing understand. To do. Right. But again, we're talking about the humans and we're talking about power relations. Oh, we don't like the power relations now between the product of these um, these codes that we've now built into these self-referencing uh, producers of analysis. So what we're going to do is get humans to then regulate it or to use it to instrumentalize it or weaponize it in ways that other humans will accept, right? And they'll accept regulation, which is code in a way, uh, but people don't talk about it as code and therefore it's less scary, uh, instead of machine-generated code that is to some extent impossible to apply without human intervention or without human consent. So there's a human in there somewhere, right? Which is why the, the notion of singularity is, is still, for me, it's still, there's a dissonance here. Um, yeah, unless you're talking Terminator and not only do they sell- Well, yes, uh, they it's kind of like an event horizon sort of thing. You get to that point and there's, there's an infinite, amount of possibilities and there's no return from that. I sure, think. sure, sure. But let's let's think about how that works. All right. So how do we get there? How do we build AI? We build AI by coding. Right. And what the coding does is do two things. It crawls for information that is accessible uh, through the products of other coding, right? The, the web or whatever. And then it instructs the through the coding. The coding then instructs the coding on ways in which it can, rather than wait for more coding instructions, it can itself use whatever through the instructions that are put into it. Uh, it can use that to then continue to build from uh, its uh, harvesting of data grounded in its coding uh, additional products, which is built into the substructures of its coding in the first place. Um, all right, so that makes perfect sense. And we do this all the time. This is a self-learning machine. And, and and we think that we're worried about this. We're using this all the time. Uh, everything from, uh, and, and it's the basis for everything from predictive analytics. Uh, this is to, what we built um, them to, to assessment. do. This is right, what to we assessment do. systems. Right. We built we, them we, to learn. Right, but okay, and fine. And so they're learning. But there's a difference between learning and teaching, and there's a difference between teaching and commanding, 
right? There's an intermediary there. So if you're talking about yeah. a singularity, then it has to be at some point, not only are they moving from, uh, from learning to teaching to commanding, but that they've also developed the human capacity to make good on the command. And now we're back in the world of Terminator that either built machines that will shoot us, right? Or they built machines that will make it impossible to, and this is the more real version. This is where the singularity gets interesting. If our entire society is built on smart houses, smart processes, uh, smart uh, transport, smart everything, at that point, a interconnected ecology of self-learning devices, assuming that they're smart enough to develop a collective of smart self, um, self-referencing self devices could become elements, uh, could develop the power to control by denying us access to the things on which we rely them for electricity, uh, access to our housing, access to food, uh, access to manufactured materials and the like. But there would have to be some sort of trigger to, they would have, there would have to be a decision to make that happen. Well, no, the, the whole point of the singularity is that since we've lost control of these things, the decision is not ours, right? That's it's what I'm saying. That's what right. I'm saying. Right, right, it right. would have to be. But it only, right. But it only works if somehow they are put in a position where if they organize themselves, they can, it's not that they're just, producing profound ideas like don't do that, uh, but that they can then make good on it and, and say, well, uh, you're a jerk and therefore you're going to stay out of your house. Uh, and, you know, since it's all done through these these um, these coded protocols, uh, we can both identify you, uh, pass judgment on you and then deny you access to your job or uh, ensure that you are no longer paid for work or uh, deny you access to transport or whatever it is without human agency. Yeah, that's the thing. Without, But you need human agency to set this up in a way that would make this possible. And, and that's probably where the singularity actually becomes interesting. It's in the cumulative building of ecologies of coded um, functionality. I think the worry to- is that the AI will learn to at a point so so rapidly that it might learn how to code itself. Well, but that's fine. I mean, like I said, the coding is not the scary part. The, the scary part is, well, what are you doing with the, the, the knowledge that you have in the coding? Uh, one, you're going to do the very human thing and say, uh, use the binary human, not human, then you're going to develop a hierarchy, non-human, high, human, low, and then you're going to have to make good on that, right? This is the problem. You can't, you, you can get to enlightenment, but unless you have the coercive machinery to then make good on it, i.e., how am I going to kill all the humans? How am I going to enslave them, uh, exploit them, or control them? You're going to have to have access to the entire um, ecology or the, the entire substructure of human collective organization at the time in which this occurs. And we're not quite there yet. Even if we do have thinking machines, uh, they are for the moment trapped within the 
um, the artificial spaces within which they can become conscious and they can well, that's assert. the point we don't know where we're, we don't know when maybe seven ten years that when will it become possible and then they'll control well in terminator right we we do know right in terminator the way they did this if i remember correctly was uh what was it skynet they oh, yeah. got and they got control of they go, okay, we've got the binary, human, not human. We've got the hierarchy, non-human, good. Human is a virus, and that will bring us back to Carnosaur, right? Human virus. And then we get to the coding, good must triumph and not good must not. Uh, and then the next step is, ooh, look, the humans have built all of these cute little goody things that we can use to blow them up and not blow ourselves up somehow. And now I can, since I can control that, this is like access to the house or access to a train. Well, I will control all the nuclear bombs and then just blow them to another um, plane of existence, right? And now, but this is the plot of Terminator. And that's, you know, and that's always a fear in um, yeah, the Terminator myth. Uh, and it's a very, it's a very powerful human myth. The, the Terminator myth then works here. It's the subtext of, of the singularity. Or if you want to do it from a biological perspective, in Carnosaur, you have the crazy but brilliant uh, scientist who then says that human beings are a plague, on uh, is a virus, uh, and that wasn't the world much better when it was the dinosaurs who ruled, and then use the technologies of genetic manipulation uh, so that all women everywhere would give birth to dinosaurs. Yes. I'm giving away the plot, but... The yeah, movies. how could you? It's, it's terrible. And spoiler, then, you should have said spoiler beforehand, but uh, spoilers. Well, and then hilarity ensues. Well, tragedy, depending, <laughs> on. depending on how you look at that. Right, right. From the from the carnosaur's perspective, hooray. Uh, we get a second shot. But but that's that's sort of the thing. Yeah. And, and we do, you know, having said all of this, um, we do have to worry about this. Um, but the reason we have to worry about it to to worry about it from the perspective of the power of the algorithm itself provides a huge, a huge pass on those we really should be worried about, which are those humans, amoral, venal, weak, um, brilliant, or whatever, the humans who are going to make this possible. And so if you're going to, if we're going to kind of stumble our way there, this is really as the way I started is, is the way I'll continue at this point. This is a human problem, not really a, a, a problem of these machines. I completely agree. This is not, I don't see a problem at all. Um, and we're not even, well, no, no, you you don't see. I I think if, I don't if I see reinterpret your problem with the the thing itself. Yes, I don't see a problem with yes. the the AI progression. Um, right. <clears throat> right, and and we're still playing the role of of God in Genesis. Who's controlling the coding? And that's that's a trick. What they're worrying about is the moment that we lose control of coding, and but that's that's okay. That can be fixed in a sense, but we lose control of the ability to correct when the coding, be when when these these things become self-coding. Well, yeah, and that's then the they thing. go off by themselves. 
and but that's not all of it and they have access to things that can make our lives less good and we can't turn them off so all kinds of things have to happen right and there's a lot of movies about all of these you can put them all together right this is a movie about the um the the soul quote unquote well, yeah i mean and that's why right I was talking about permeation of AI in our lives. And that's why. That goes into the web. Every, I mean, AI is everywhere. So it could happen. It could happen. It could, it could. Uh, And then. But not in the near future. I mean, it's, it's what I think is it's something to, to keep in the back of your mind when you are working or. Uh, oh, no, no, of course, of course, of course. Okay. Right. And, and yeah. I think, right. And we're both saying the same thing. Um, here, there's got to be, what is it, what they call, I guess it's a backdoor. You've got to be able to reboot this thing if humans get it wrong. I mean, yeah, you. that's. But it is a caution. And to some extent, um, putting it in the more spectacular terms of a singularity, given the given the fickleness of human um of of human ability to focus on something for a sustained period of time may be the right way to draw some attention to this. Well, and to be frank, the measure that they used for this, it really focuses specifically on language. And since we are talking about, you know, intelligence in general, it, it is an impressive skill, but it doesn't necessarily mean or measure the the general intelligence of that AI. It, it doesn't mean that right. that's here's a technologically singular. All right. So here's a question. You you've raised actually uh, a really interesting point. What language? Yeah. Are we are we talking about the binary language of code? Are we talking about oh, I mean, language, English, this is, French? It was based on a number of different languages. So um, the... But in what language do computers dream? Binary. You see, I would have said whatever language you have, you would have coded them to dream in. No, binary and then it translates. And then it translates. All right. So two different views two different views. Um, and and that becomes very interesting. Uh, because in fact, if what we're talking about is language here in communication, we've got a bigger issue, which is, are we training our machines to speak and dream in a language that is, is, is kind of like Latin in the medieval period, that most of the people that are are affected by the product of those machines have absolutely no understanding of. Well, that was also one of my concerns that this was a study done over a period of um, they they tracked the AI's performance from 2014 to 2022 using what they called time to edit. Um, which calculates the time that it takes for a professional human editor to fix 
um, AI generated translations mm-hmm. compared to human ones. And over that eight year period um, and analyzing over what they said, two billion post edits, the translated AI showed a very slow, but um, very definitive improvement um, as it closed the gap toward a the human level translation quality. It doesn't mean that it can necessarily capture all the nuance. Um, and I don't think it will very soon. But, you know, that that also raises another interesting point. How do you get better? How does AI get better? Mimicking. That's right. And how do you mimic? In in a sense, you're mimicking, but you're also practicing. You're doing Mm -hmm. this over and over. And where are you? Where does the learning come in? From humans. No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm trying to get at something else. Against what are you judging? Against what are you judging? what they're doing, because in a sense, if you look at this, what they're talking about are AIs that basically have to draw on the totality of knowledge expressed in a particular way that resides in a particular space, in this case, cyberspace, and that they draw on it. And over a series of iterative processes where they start far, and and all of this is grounded in the ideal translation, right? Uh, and that through a series of iterative processes over and over and over again, you get better. And every time you make a mistake, you learn from the mistake, but that mistake, you then draw on the stuff that is being produced. Now, two things happen here. To the extent that what you're doing is translation that continue to be produced almost exclusively by humans, then you get closer and closer to a human-centered ideal of translation, but one in which the humans continue to drive the meaning of language. And language, as you know, changes. It's a very dynamic process, right? But what happens where, in fact, it, and again, you're drawing, you're constantly crawling for data. What happens in a space where increasingly humans are no longer producing, this is a platform, right? Humans are no longer producing the raw data from which you do the translation. So at some point, if the humans are displaced from the the providers of the the core- Content uh, creators. Of the core data, then what the machines are gonna be really good at doing is translating themselves. And at that point, either the machines then drive language because we all become passive, or the language that the machines begin to translate is a language that eventually will be different from the language and the translations that would be done by humans, given the divergence in the pools of humans. I'm talking is this machines. now a different form of AI singularity that we need to define? There you go. AI self singularity. No, I don't know. Right. And with that, and with that, all I can say is woof woof. Bark bark. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will catch you next time. Join us in the singularity, whichever one suits your taste.